to episode seven of Cinebabble. I am your host, Ken Brown. This is my co-host. I'm Clint Jones. Okay, look at that. Yeah. I'm never sure if I'm supposed to say your name or if I'm supposed to let you say your name. I think I'm just going to start saying your name. Okay. I always feel like we're on a quiz show and somehow <laughs> you're getting your first points right out of the gate. Yeah. I'm lucky. Will I get any points for getting that correct? Uh, no. Oh. No. Were you the kid that always remember only to put po- your name on your homework or were you the kid that always forgot? I can't remember, so I probably forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, This week, uh, we got a lot of things to talk about, but one popped right off the screen to me today when I'm doing my little internet floating around and looking at movie news, Uh and that is uh, the new Ghostbusters movie, which has the old cast, Uh uh, at least in some form, uh, has a trailer dropping Monday. They released a poster today. It's called Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay. It is the Ecto-1 kind of tearing through some sort of corn or grain field uh-huh. with a bunch of green spooky stuff happening in the sky. Do you have any hope for this movie? Where you where you stand? I have I don't have that great of a love for the original. Really? Like, like I like it, but I I like it fine. Yeah. <laughs> that was the way you said it. Yeah. But I it's one of those things I came to late in life oh, okay. like a lot of things because of my upbringing. Mhm. So I, I enjoy it. I've seen it a couple times, but it's not one of those things I really hold dear. I snuck it early in life because my parents were adamant that this was uh, not a movie I was to watch. Yeah. And so when I started going to friends' houses other than my own, Ghostbusters was top of the list. And first day was, I think it was Brian Hours or something. I don't even remember the kid, but I remember Man. his movie shelf and he had Ghostbusters. Yeah. And as soon as my eyes fell on that little VHS copy of Ghostbusters, I knew we were watching that. <laughs> Yeah, I think if I had seen it at that point in my life, it would have been ingrained in me. But, yep, just missed it. Just missed it. Now, did you see the, uh, whatever, the remake, sequel? Yeah, I did. Whatever that was. Did you enjoy that at all? I thought it was fine. It was fine. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't the best thing I've ever seen. There was some Kate McKinnon moments that I really enjoyed, but the CG in it was pretty disappointing. Okay. I don't know. It was meh. (laughs) <laughs> just, just, just meh or fine. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> well, then, with meh or fine in mind, <laughs> let's dive right into what you watching about, Clint. Okay. What you watching about? Yeah. Um, I have three things Ooh. that I... well Easy week. Yeah, well, Thanksgiving break. Um had four day weekend, so not much going on here. Huh? So I <laughs> sounds sad, but <laughs> uh, so I got to enjoy just kind of a weekend of watching stuff that I missed or wanted to catch up on. And I two of them I'll just kind of breeze through. But I watched um, the new Mike Birbiglia stand up special. Um, That's on. It's on Netflix. Netflix? Yeah, and uh, what is that called? Uh, another one. I think it's mm-hmm. called Another One or The New I One. I saw it on there. I just yeah, watched and it. Yeah, The New One. Um, it was really good. Really? Yeah. I, he's one of my favorite stand-ups mm. ever. I've uh, never watched a stand-up with him. Really? No. Oh, man. Go through them all. You'll be delighted. Really? Okay. And it, it's kind of – we were having a conversation about um, Seth um, – Myers. Myers, yeah. his new one, and how I wasn't really interested in it. I had started it and kind of turned it off. And, um, and it's funny because Mike Perbiglia kind of – does similar material mm-hmm. where it's it, it, the main um, point of it is he's talking about becoming a father mm-hmm. and um, be a new father and just his reservations about the whole thing and the 
for me, there's there's a difference between someone like Seth Meyers, who is a co- funny guy, but he's not really a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. and somebody who is a professional stand-up comedian, gotcha. where it's an art form to them. And Mike Birbiglia, like, definitely falls in that, uh-huh. where it's just so precise. And I think he was doing it as, like, a Broadway, like, um, play. Uh-huh. Not a play, but, like, you know, it was on Broadway. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't like the Seth Meyers yeah. uh, stand-up special, but then when I started thinking about it, uh, he covered a lot of material that was already kind of familiar if you watched the show. Right, at all. yeah. Uh, and he has a very different format on the show. Yeah. Uh, which is not stand up. So right. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. So I I highly recommend it. It was fantastic. Okay. Um, then I watched um, the, uh, what is it called? I don't know. It's what you watching about. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Uh, the Farewell. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, with Aquafina. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really good. It was like a just a nice like slice of life and a, kind of a view into this um, different culture. And the main uh, premises of that is Aquafina. She plays Billy, and she finds out her grandmother is dying, and her whole family doesn't want to tell her. Doesn't want to tell the grandmother. Doesn't want to tell the grandmother. The grandmother. So they just okay. want to let her live out her rest of her days, oblivious. And oblivious and happy because she's a she's just a very like she's the matriarch of the family, holds mm-hmm. the whole family together, and just is the glue. And um, so they just want to let her just be happy the rest of her mm-hmm. life. And so Billy is just completely torn on whether she should tell her grandmother or like just go with the family mm-hmm. and it's just about her journey and going to um, China to and they're throwing like a fake wedding as this reason to get the whole family together so to the say, grandmother doesn't know yeah why they're actually and, why they're all coming into town ta- like coming into China mm-hmm. and it's just a really beautiful mm-hmm. s- small story I saw the trailer for it and the trailer was really good yeah uh, made me want to watch it. So. Yeah, and Aquafina, she was fantastic. Is it out right now? Uh, it's on uh, Amazon. Okay. It was like they had a um, Thanksgiving deal. It was like two ninety nine. Oh, okay, I've um, checked it out too. Yeah, it was really good. All right. Um, and then I watched um, Her Smell with Elizabeth Moss. Oh, yeah, yes. This like is definitely on my top list of the year. Ten years, really uh, top ten. It was fantastic and we had talked about it is for, it before you tell me is it worth reviewing like yes next week so I, I, I think we should talk about it so i'm not going to okay. go too deeply yeah, don't into go it too far but yeah but um you we had talked about it briefly and think you'd asked me have you seen the trailer for this and you're like mm-hmm. it kind of looks like a better vox lux mm-hmm. and it definitely is a better vox lux um and it reminded me kind of of vox lux meets the steve jobs movie oh um meets I love that movie yes Meets um, like Punch Drunk Love, like it, it has this weird manic, just energy to it, where okay. it's like you almost feel like you're having a nervous breakdown with her, and it like had me on edge. And oh, wow. the way it's structured is amazing. The music is kind of that Punch Drunk, where it's just sounds coming in and out and just kind of building the tension. It's just like atonal, and it's. It, I thought it was okay. amazing, and I I will. I don't know if she's on any lists for the best performances of the year, but she should be because it's one of the best performances. She's an exceptional actress. Yeah. And it was one of the best performances I've seen mm-hmm. in a long time. Like you might hate it because it's really, I don't know. It's, it's just pushes that almost like mother 
where it's just trying to push you into this state of panic almost. And I usually enjoy that. Yeah. I love when a movie tries to put me in a state of mind that the character's already in. Yeah. When it when it's done effectively. Now, when it's not done effectively, uh, man, pet peeve. But really? I, f- I feel like it was totally effective okay. and I, I loved it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely watch that this week and we'll talk about it next yeah. week. Yeah. I, I can gush about it enough so okay. i'll stop and we'll talk about oh, it oh that's exciting i yeah. didn't know it was out to watch so but it's another one on amazon that's, that's 2.99 fine. okay so i'll take that um yeah what you watching about ken <laughs> what you watching about <laughs> i watched a couple of things yeah. i also had some thanksgiving time uh i did not get to killing eve like i wanted to uh, fail uh, so that's also going to have to be this weekend uh but i just started going through kind of a pile of movies i had that i haven't gotten to i watched the, the latest episode of castle rock but i think i've said it a hundred times over mm-hmm eh. so no more to say on that one this week was particularly uh, yeah and uh i don't feel like about it any more than that uh i watched crawl oh okay uh, which was surprisingly good yeah and one i would not mind handing you that copy of and having you watch because i would love to hear what you think of it i had almost put it on that was one i almost put on maybe that's one we'll do next week too yeah i i thought it was really well done um there were a couple of things that I really liked. There were a few nitpicks. Yeah. Uh, but it was just for a, I'm stuck in the basement of a house during a hurricane and there are alligators down here. Yeah. It sounds terrible. I actually like that premise. I like the premise, yeah. but it sounds like one of those things that would have a trailer attached to it that's just like, ugh. Maybe it's because I knew who directed it. Yeah. So that I helps kind of a lot. Me a little and it was, it was very organic uh, in the setup. It wasn't just a, uh, you know, a lot of times those movies are, ooh, it's somebody versus alligators. Oh, and let's put a hurricane in there. Yeah. And, oh, they're trapped in like a that, house. Like that hurricane oh. heist movie. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly what I was thinking of uh-huh. going in. It's not that at all. Yeah. Uh, and it still has a little bit of the right kind of cheese to it, uh, just with the alligators and things like that. But it's, I, I thought it was really well done. Nice. Uh, I believed in the characters, and that was the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. I think you can get away with a lot if you really believe in the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that really bothers me, a lot of times in those kind of survival horror movies, it always starts with the obligatory 20 minutes of you've got to get to know these characters and like them. Yeah. A lot of times, especially lately, it feels just very chatty and aimless. Right. And I, I don't feel a lot of affection for characters mm-hmm. early on. This one had me really, really early. And that was uh, much like his Evil Dead remake. Right, yeah. Same exact thing. He did a really good job right off the bat of establishing kind of our, our kids and, and what their background is in a way that didn't make me absolutely hate them. Yeah, the Home Invasion one, too, that he did. What was that one called? I'm not sure. You don't remember? I probably watched it. it. He did the exact same thing in that one okay. where he just really made you invest in these characters yeah. before they're sent into the this house that's... Yeah going to be their demise yeah but yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it so um awesome you know a couple things to talk about but uh, i don't know i'm curious i'm curious what you think about it yeah if it's uh really special or if it's just i went along with the hype and you're just going to bring it all crashing down (laughs) i don't know i also uh grabbed off my shelf uh toy story 4 which I had not watched. Have oh, you watched no, it? No, I haven't seen did it. Did you have any love of the Toy Story? Movies? Oh yeah. Okay. I did. Yeah. It uh, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's really well good, well done. It's yeah. I'd even say it's really good. I just the whole time I was very aware of the fact that I felt like Toy Story three was a very perfect yeah. ending. Yeah. And the whole time I was watching this, it's it's not that it's unnecessary. 
it just didn't feel necessary. I right. don't, there's got to be a word between necessary and unnecessary. <laughs> it, it wasn't like, I'm glad it exists. Yeah. But I also would have been okay had it never existed. Right. It, it tells an interesting story. It, it goes in a, a yet another direction with these hmm. uh, toys that you wouldn't think they would be able to mine some adult experience out of action figures. They do. And it has a lot of cool questions it asks. But at the same time, it just, it, for me, it didn't hit as hard as Toy Story 3. Okay. And so it, it, maybe if they were billing it as this is the first of three new ones, yeah, I'd be game. But it, it almost felt like, no, this is the last one. Oh, well, okay. It doesn't put as much of a, a period on the end of the Toy Story sentence as yeah. 3. Yeah, because 3, like, like Andy's leaving for oh, yeah. college. And yeah, that seems like a very... Yeah, and and there's this bittersweet. They're being handed off to another kid. Yeah, and they're very sad at Andy leaving, but there's there's a future ahead and there's new purpose and uh, maybe they have something else in mind. For Disney it, just wants those bucks. Good. Yeah, they do. Gotta get those Disney bucks. My favorite thing in Toy Story Four is they have these ventriloquist dummies uh-huh. in this antique store, and the ventriloquist dummies are sort of the henchmen of the bad guy. Uh-huh. And it's great because ventriloquist dummies need a hand and a person to make them speak. Mm-hmm. So the whole time they're walking around, they're real floppy and they can't speak. They're just like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that little touch with ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> That was a good time. But yeah, it was worth watching. Nice. Third thing I watched was Shadow. Now, this is from the director of Hero, House of Flying Daggers. Oh, okay. He did The Great Wall with yeah, Matt Damon. Yeah. That was an unfortunate misstep. You really into... liked that, didn't you? No, 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 no. I thought it was pretty. <laughs> um, I remember at the time Levi you... I <laughs> really liked it. I took Levi to see it. He was probably nine or ten, which is the perfect age for that movie. Yeah. And he just thought it was genius. mm and I enjoyed it at the level of a father watching a, a not-so-great movie with his son. Um, but no, I, I thought it was pretty. Shadow was much, much better. Okay. It's done primarily in black and white. The only splashes of color are skin tones and blood. Mm. Uh, now, a lot of times they'll do it, if it's a wide shot, they'll do it with color grading. Uh, but for the most part, they would do entire sets and costumes and everything in black and white. So that it appeared as if they're shooting in black and white and the skin tones or the blood pop. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was just a really, the production design was a really interesting way to tackle that. Hmm. At first, it is very much like Hero and House of Flying Daggers in that it is intentionally slow and methodical and deliberate. Yeah. Uh, by the end, it goes a little bit uh, 13 Assassins. Hmm. Uh, it, got, it got fairly brutal and bloody fast out of nowhere. Uh, it has a lot of interesting things happening in it, so I, I enjoyed it. I don't I don't know that it was great. I don't think it's going to hit my top list this year. Yeah. Did but, that come um, out this year? It might have been 2018, okay. but it, I think it came out in the U.S. this year. Oh, okay. Or at least it released on Blu-ray. I've had it sitting on my shelf for a while mm-hmm. um, just because I got a good deal on it, and uh, I had read how visually stunning it was, and, and that it was a good flick. Mm. Um it was. I, I'm, I'm not sad that I picked it up and it'll go on my shelf. It'll have a nice little home. Uh, do you remember Hero or House of Flying Daggers at all? Just vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. They're not something that really stuck with me. But... I need to go back and watch them. I remember liking them quite a lot mm-hmm. and feeling uh, very good about myself because I felt ahead of the curve. And <laughs> I was like, ooh, I, I appreciate these movies. And Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if they're actually good or not. Yeah. But worth revisiting. So that was my three. It was um it was kind of a lazy weekend. Yeah, I had that too. 
yeah. as we already know. So next week, <laughs> crawl and uh, her smell. Her smell. Yeah, and something it's going to be else. kind of a post Thanksgiving, pre Christmas horror kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, her you. smell's not quite horror, but like a panic attack. <laughs> well, thriller. Thriller's probably because crawl isn't horror either. It's, yeah. it's more thriller. Yeah. But I don't know. Mother, I would call a thriller. When you compared it to Mother, that's why I guess that. It's not. It's more of a drama. It's it's a drama. um, So, forget thriller. That's nonsense. Well, Crawl's probably. Crawl's definitely a thriller. Yeah. Okay. You might be thrilled. I may. You may be. I may. Did you watch? uh, Speaking of thrilled, not thrilled. (laughs) Did you watch The Mandalorian this week? Mandalorian minute. Are you ready for that Mandalorian minute? <laughs> sure. Mine, like let's, I said last week, it might be Skywalker. All right. Second. Let's do the Mandalorian minute. Okay. Mandalorian minute. This week, uh, now two years ago, uh, the Quiet Place uh, or a Quiet Place came out. Yeah. And I got a, a big old box of uh, screener material. I got a Quiet Place uh-huh. in there, and it came with a Quiet Place T-shirt and a Quiet Place, just all this Quiet Place. Uh, memorabilia and one of them was this little one minute egg timer <laughs> i was really wondering how you were tying that in i was like really right. waiting for that to drop and uh this has been sitting in my kitchen it <laughs> sat in my old house this has now been sitting in my new house and i look at it from time to time and i'm like why do i have this for this i don't cook eggs <laughs> why fate has designated that this egg timer that says a quiet place on it and that was integral to the plot of a quiet place yeah uh, is now going to be, I, I might even take a Sharpie, cross out a quiet place and write <laughs> Mandalorian minute. A Mandalorian place. Yeah. We're actually <laughs> going to have a Mandalorian minute this week. Oh, uh, before we get to that though, did you know that it's only eight episodes? No, I didn't know that. Just read that. Wow. And so factor that in, uh, cause I know that's going to be part of my Mandalorian. Yeah. Minute. But anyway, yeah. Things only eight episodes. Now, did you watch episode five today or you're just caught up with episode four? I'm just caught up with four. I haven't watched five yet. Okay. So. Do you want to start with your Mandalorian minute? Sure. All right. Let me set the Mando timer. (laughs) Man, this is high budget. Is that the minute? Okay. You're already going. I'm going to burn through this minute. All right. I... I just feel like it's the same as I felt before where I'm just like, it's fine. It's not great. It's not blowing my mind in any way. This one, I the um, budget and the limitations of that were very excruciatingly clear to me. Just some of the acting was really bad. And just, it felt like a... <laughs> I was talking to my brother about this. It felt like Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> Where it's just like, yeah, they can't do any more than this. And they're putting all their budget into showing this uh, AT, uh, what is it? AT? AT, uh, a- AT, yeah. ATST. And I just, I was just kind of going along with it. Yeah. And I'm only I'm almost just watching it for this Mandalorian minute at this point. And to find out it's only eight episodes and I was just like, okay, so nothing's going to happen in the show. Yeah. And the rest of the show is just going to be them planet hopping. It's trying to escape from other bounty hunters. Mm -hmm. So I could hum for my rest of my minute. (laughs) No, because I just had an epiphany. So during your minute, I apparently, this is a 60 minute time. (laughs) I just put it 60 because I thought it was a one minute thing. (laughs) 
So, so is this going to be slowly ticking throughout the episode? <laughs> oh, wow. Time well spent. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, I guess... Uh, Restart I, the timer, Jeremy. <laughs> this is how you learn to use an egg timer. Man, your eggs would be so <laughs> boiled. All right. So uh, this time, uh-huh. uh, this time I'm only going to set it for one minute. <laughs> um, I really, after I set it, I was like, man, this dial is going to have to move fast. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, so I watched The Mandalorian. Yeah. And it somehow gets worse every week. Yeah. I don't understand how it gets worse every week, but it does. Uh, you're playing around in the Star Wars universe. At some point, even if you are, uh, you know, Fast and Furious style, like you mentioned last week, smashing action figures together, you got to get something right. <laughs> Somehow, they have figured out a way to make uh, intergalactic uh, planetary warfare with tribes boring. Yeah. Even though one of them has an ATST that comes crashing out of the forest. Mm-hmm. Absolute most ridiculous part of the episode was them trying to lure this. ATST, which maybe has a driver, maybe it's just automated. I don't know. It's got red windows for some reason. I it's think there's a driver, like a big animal. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> they gotta lure it into puddle, like into this <laughs> dip of water. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> as if that's gonna do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, man. I've never had more respect for the Ewoks in Return of the <laughs> Jedi than I did watching this feared bounty hunter yeah. uh, go up against this thing and just no great plan, nothing to surprise me. Didn't particularly care for the other bounty hunter. She was all right. Um, I did not like her. I did not like the romance story. No. Uh, did not like what they were doing with the kid. It just, I don't know. I don't know. And apparently I still don't know how to use this thing. (laughs) I heard it ticking and then it just sort of stopped ticking. And I'm like, well, I guess. It's done. (laughs) That was your Mandalorian minute. Uh, This week's episode. Why don't we skip this week's episode next week? Because this week's episode is somehow even worse. Okay. Well, I need to watch it at least. Okay. Yeah. They. I'll let you watch it. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. They go to Tatooine. Okay. And everything that they've done so far, they somehow managed to do with beloved things from episode oh, four. Okay. And it just hurt my heart. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> but everyone else loves it. But everyone else loves it. Yeah. Yeah. I still can't figure that out. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of interviews and stuff this week about how maybe these characters will start popping up in movies and maybe there'll be a Mandalorian movie and uh, even J.J. Abrams today and in some interviews said, you know, yeah, if they ask me to do an episode, I'll do an episode. Maybe uh, he can do something interesting. Yeah. I've also never seen, I'm pretty sure, a more lifeless Muppet than Baby Yoda. Yeah. It is It is the most uh, minimalistically animated uh, it's it's like sub animatronic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could see something at Disney that's that's more believable. They could probably just like pull it off with an actual hand puppet. Oh yeah, like just oh, yeah. The, the the slight movements that yeah. it has. Yeah, yeah. I, but there's probably like a team of fifteen people operating it. 
probably. <laughs> All right. Well, Most yeah. of the budget goes into Baby Yoda yeah. and ATSTs. Yeah. Well, this was your Mandalorian three minutes with a faulty timer. So watch. We'll be in the middle of talking about Irishmen, and it's just going to go <laughs> start ringing. Oh, man, I might have a Mandalorian minute for that one, too. Really? All right, well. <laughs> you might. You're going to have to coax that out of me. All right. Yeah. Let's get right into our reviews, then. Why don't we just go ahead and start with the Irishman? Okay. Since, you know, it's right there on top, and it's the tip of your tongue. So, Irishman released on Netflix this week, and the short version of a very not short movie. <laughs> it's three and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, it's miniseries length. Uh, the short version of it, it takes some some historical characters uh, mm-hmm. Chief among them, uh, Jimmy Hoffa, played yeah. by Al Pacino, uh, and just kind of watches uh, the mob connections around him and and what leads to his spoiler not spoiler because history his death <laughs> uh, or his disappearance. The Titanic uh, sinks too. Yes. Now this is in based, this movie. In this movie, yeah, they just put the Titanic and the Irishman together for a six-hour cut. I see. Now I thought you were serious, and I missed. You missed point. a big chunk. Well, and then I'm like, that's not even, that doesn't even line up. That's not the right years. <laughs> they pulled it off. Oh, Clint, you pulled the rug out from under <laughs> me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's it's three and a half hours of um, old men being de-aged and still somehow looking old. Mm-hmm. And uh, then getting older and older and doing old men gangster things. Yeah. Clint, what'd you think of the Irishman? I thought it was fine. <laughs> Just... We need, we need like, a board on the wall that has ten different words we can use that also mean fine. Yeah. I think so I need electric on. shock for, like, certain words that I say. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah. Fine and interesting are mine. Mine are fine. fine. Really, interesting. really good. I don't know. Um, I think it was fine. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm particularly not that interested in mob stories. Okay. Like I never really have been. Okay. Like I remember seeing the casino mm-hmm. and um, a few of those other films that, that are like that and thinking they're good. And I think Scorsese does do them well and can coax a lot out of them, but it's just not one of my favorite genres. Now, what'd you think of Goodfellas? I, <laughs> Did, was that any more special or it was I just, think at the I time well, I haven't I've seen it once and oh. I and I remember it was probably in my early 20s and when I was really getting into just watching everything okay. and I remember liking it mm-hmm. but I couldn't tell you anything about mm-hmm. it right now um and I thought all the performances were fine it were good in this and um but I I think in 5 years this movie is going to look bad Really? I don't think the de-aging was particularly that good. I think sometimes it was fine. But, um, like, I think Robert De Niro looked plasticky and weird the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just going to get worse. And I wish... It's interesting because when you look at something like Godfather 2, Marlon Brando is played by a completely different actor. Yeah. Robert De Niro when he's younger. Right. And it works perfectly well. Yeah. And and I think would have been more effective in this case, especially with the the age jumps that you're working with. Right. Uh, you could have had uh, you know three actors, three different time periods, portraying a very convincing character. They don't have to look. No, I I like all, they they grow into the next one. I'm totally fine whenever the movies do that kind of thing because yeah. you can just have this movie magic sense of disbelief that okay that's the same person yeah. just a different age, but this I think the magic trick of this de-aging thing is not going to be 
pulled off as well once we're five years down the line and the technology is um, gone further. Yeah. But um, I kept waiting for the story to have teeth. Yeah. And I, I never quite understood what, I mean, I know, I think by the end, what, what Scorsese was trying to convey or what he was going after. He's going after a, here's the guys I would have dealt with in the Goodfellas era when mm -hmm. they're in their prime and this is them past their prime. Right. And they're kind of, you know, chickens coming home to roost or dealing with their demons or whatever old right. age you want to put there. They're dealing with what they used to be, but they're not that anymore. Yeah. Um, so, so I get that. But the story itself, it just, it, it lacked a certain momentum. And it wasn't just the length. I'm, I'm not inherently opposed to a three and a half hour movie. Yeah, I'm not either. I am opposed to a three and a half hour movie when I could cut an hour out of it. Yeah. And still get the exact same experience and still probably think it's slow. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing that I really grabbed me was probably the last half hour mm -hmm. when it's based mainly around Robert De Niro in the uh, old folks home and mm -hmm. the retirement home. He's dealing with the sins of his past and yeah. how he is not in touch with his children anymore mm -hmm. and because they've disowned, disowned him basically because of his past. And I felt that part really interesting and moving mm -hmm. that he's like now basically alone because of what he chose to do with his life. Yeah, there's the scene where the police come and talk to him and they point out all these people are dead. Yeah. You're it. What right. Are you, what are you holding on to? What are you hiding for? Yeah. Who are you protecting? They're gone. Yeah. And that I thought was was particularly powerful. Uh, and, and I thought Robert De Niro was really good. Yeah. Uh, I, and I like the, um, I don't know if that was just old man makeup or how they de-aged him there, because that looked way more natural. And yeah. I think it was just prosthetics probably for that. I yeah, and I think it was largely with his head, I think, uh, yeah. with his hair and everything. Right. I think his face, they just kind of rolled with it. Yeah. I, I don't, maybe they did some minimal prosthetics, but I don't think anything major. Yeah. Uh, but that's one of my other criticisms of the de-aging process. I can't explain or pinpoint exactly where, but there's something in the performance that's lost. Yeah. And maybe it's in the actor's mind. Oh, I'm playing younger. And so they're trying to portray a younger person. Yeah. And so they're not just able to purely perform or yeah. deliver. Did you watch that 15 minute? Like, I did. Yeah. I did. Where they're talking about how in certain scenes they would have to remember, oh, I'm 45 here. Mm -hmm. And so they'd have to get out of chairs faster. And so I'm sure that was on their mind the whole time where they're sure. trying to keep their physicality in check with who they are at that moment. I, the, the whole time I was watching it and I, I thought it was good. I didn't yeah. think it was a bad movie. No, I didn't means, either. But I, I really throughout the three and a half hours started to get the impression that, that Scorsese might be a little full of himself. Uh, he might be a little self-important yeah. at this stage in his career. And I think, um, that kind of goes along with the idea of, them choosing to do the de-aging and not mm -hmm. do like three different or four different actors. Because I think Robert De Niro, he even says in that 15 minute mm -hmm. little documentary, he's like, I want to play the whole thing. Yeah. So that was the answer to doing that. Yeah. And I think there was a little ego tied yeah. to that. Yeah. And now I didn't get that from Pacino. Um, yeah. I, I actually, that's the performance I enjoyed the most. That was the character I enjoyed the most. Yeah. Um, and, and I liked what he was doing, but I never felt like the de-aging on him was as significant. Or Pesci. Uh, yes. I, yeah, I, I Pesci believed did. it on them yeah. for the most part. Yeah. 
Robert De Niro, and and they're both playing older men. Yeah, it kept distracting true. me every time Pesci would call Robert De Niro kid. Yeah, because me too. even de-aged, he he looked no. <laughs> Nothing He's still like a forty-five-year-old man. man the whole time. Yeah. Well, and they're putting you know a younger face on this still clearly yeah. stockier frame. Um, it just there was just a, there was a lot that kept pulling me out of it, and there wasn't enough meat there to really attach me to. Yeah. Um, I, I just I came away like I said I came away from it like that was good. Yeah, that's how I felt too. Now, part of my bias going into it was the whole. Uh, ridiculousness of uh, not the ridiculousness of the statement, just the furor around um, Scorsese saying about uh, comic book yeah. movies, superhero movies aren't cinema. So right. that became this big thing. So you know that that followed through into this, not in a a way to state about that, but it was interesting that when he's kind of attacking other movies, uh, or not attacking, he's just he's in some people's mind diminishing them. Here's this three and a half hour movie. Well, now it has a certain level of weight with it. Right. Because, okay, old man, prove it. Right. Prove that you are doing cinema and the rest of this is not. And the thing that kept coming out to me was, well, here's just another gangster story. Mm -hmm. It's a series. You have a franchise of gangster movies. And that's not always done by any means. But he does have, you know, several that fall into that same kind of of storyline and I couldn't help but think that this one is commenting on Goodfellas and it's commenting on Casino and it's the next stage in those kind of characters lives um, and all of those things just swirled together to, to just leave me feeling kind of hollow mm. I well going back to what I was saying about how the last half hour grabbed me more than the rest where he's dealing with sense of his past and his mm-hmm. family and I, I was really wishing there was more with his family to kind of give that even more weight yeah. like with his kids there's there was little glances and stuff and like the little um scenes with his daughter but give me more of that like make me care about i could not believe they had anna paquin yeah and what they did with anna paquin was a lot of glances right somebody i don't i don't know how accurate this is i i uh read from somebody online she has seven lines and that that's wow. probably roundabout what she had. But, man, anybody could have played that role. Yeah, anybody. and that's what I was waiting for. It's like, oh, they got Anna Paquin in here. They're going to give her a lot Something's more to do. Coming. And then yeah. it, it never does. No, no. So, yeah, I I was pretty – I don't know. I thought it was fine. But I – like I said, it's not one of my favorite topics. Yeah. And I do enjoy Scorsese's films, but mm-hmm. – I don't know if it's up to the all the hype that everyone's no. giving it. Really. I, yeah, I definitely don't think it's up to the hype. Um, I, I liked little touches, how it would freeze frame every now and then when somebody was being arrogant or, you know, they were in the middle of telling a story or something and just yeah. tell you when they died and how they died. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was building to something more, mm-hmm. more of a statement of mortality there. And it that it sort of gave up on. It just stopped doing. Yeah. Um, so other than it being a little stylistic flourish, yeah, didn't really have a lot to add. I enjoyed the whole sequence where he's he's Joe Pesci basically sets him up, just sets um, um, Robert De Niro, De Niro's Frank to go kill um, Hoffa. Oh, where he I, just drops him at the plane. Yeah, I yeah. like that whole sequence a lot. Where, where he's got to get him to the house. Yeah, and how quickly, like especially when he kills him. Yeah, it just oh, yeah, and. Like you said, there's probably a good hour that could have been cut out to that would 
not be missed to get to those moments in the film where it really works. They would sit around a table and argue about the most inane things yeah. for five minutes at a time. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it all, it felt very small. Yeah. And maybe they're just, Scorsese was trying to say these people are, are small and petty. Right. Um, and, and they're self-important. Uh, but it just, I, I don't think that quite came through. Yeah. So, you know, worth watching. Uh, I think it would have been far better as a four-episode miniseries. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of people that have broken it into three or four to tell you how to watch it that way. But uh, just as a, a cinematic experience, I was kind of glad I didn't go see it in the theater. Yeah, I don't know how I, like, I was really struggling to get through it. And I don't know how I, like, I was thinking about this while I was watching it. I was like, I don't know how I, if I saw it in a theater, what I would do. Because I I was just really trying to make myself get through it. And there's other films that that length, like Das Boot or, Mm -hmm. um, what is it, Harukari, Harukari? What is that one? The Takashi Miike. I, I never exactly gonna say that about. word. I'm not even taking a stab. At I can never say that word correctly. Yeah. But that one's long, isn't it? Yeah. That's like three yeah. hours long, and I, that one I was riveted the whole time. And uh, well, yeah. the uh, previous movie with Pacino and De Niro, Heat, Heat's three hours two minutes. Or yeah, so. right. That movie clips along. Yeah, and flies, and it has its quiet moments. It has its moments of of character building and and drama and things like that. It's not all action by any means. And Wolf of Wall Street's pretty long. Wolf of Wall Street's three hours. Yeah, and I never felt like that one was three hours. No. Uh, I'm not sure where Goodfellas clocks. Goodfellas I've always enjoyed. Casino I do not. I've tried a couple of times, and it's good. I just... Uh, it feels too long, right. and I don't particularly like the the characters, mm. and so I I always have a hard time with that one. But yeah, so watch The Irishman, and uh, shrug away with the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're. I mean, sure, people are really into. Oh, that. I'm sure some people love it. Yeah, it's just it's, not it's my on thing, a couple really. of uh, best of lists, and people yeah. are already saying you know it should win this and win that. And, all right, yeah, sure, sure, okay. You know, give that gold to people that already have lots of gold and aren't doing anything new. <laughs> Whatever. And then, why don't people watch the Oscars? I'm so confused. I don't understand. Yeah. It's a cycle. Yeah. So, second movie we're talking about uh, today is Knives Out. Yes. Knives Out, we went to see in the theater, and uh, it was it was good fun. Mm-hmm. And it's about a family patriarch. Uh, who is uh, apparently he kills himself and the family is gathered uh, presumably just to to grieve his death and to eventually have a will reading and in the middle of all this two police detectives show up along with a private detective and uh, the private detective is very uh, famous and well known what's his name do you remember I can't remember. I, I there were so many characters I didn't even write down okay. all the characters. It's names. played. He's played by Daniel Craig, yeah. and he's got a. The movie even calls it a foghorn leghorn. Yeah. <laughs> Southern drawl. It's great. Uh, he comes in and he's going to suss out uh, that it was not a suicide and that it was probably a killing, and he's going to figure out who the killer is. It's a, a classic style Agatha Christie uh, whodunit. And it's by Ryan Johnson, uh, whose last film was uh, Episode Eight, Star Wars Episode Eight. Uh, Clint, what'd you think of Knives Out? I really like this film. <sighs> good, good, good. Yeah, I, um, 
was trying to think of where I would put it in my love of Ryan Johnson because he is one of my favorite directors. So Ryan Johnson did Brick. Yep. He did uh, Looper. Brothers Bloom. Brothers Bloom. Yep. And in the Star Wars episode mm-hmm. eight. Um, and Brick is like one of my top films ever. Um, so I was trying to think where I would place it in that and I haven't really come to a conclusion, but I really enjoyed it. I, it took a while to really grab me. Um, I can't tell you exactly where I was totally locked into it. Was there something that was just keeping you ambivalent at first? I think it's just because there's so many characters and you're getting familiar with them and you're, they're setting up the premise and what, what happened. And so uh, it, once I clicked into, okay, this is what's happening. These Mm -hmm. people are, um, lying, lying about this and, um, the detective is hiding something and, uh, yeah, I, it took a minute, but once I clicked into it, I was totally on board. Has such a great cast. Yeah. It was, that was, that was probably the most fun. Uh, from an ensemble cast I've had this year. Yeah. And it was Tony Tony Collette mm-hmm. was uh, kind of a, an aloof Gwyneth Paltrow style. Uh, she has her own, you know, uh, homeopathic uh, lotion yeah. in whatever company. <laughs> like Goop, like uh, yeah, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow's like company. Uh, and then you have uh, the eldest daughter played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's just the, well, she thinks she's the self-made uh, businesswoman <laughs> and she runs the family um oh what's the other brother yeah chris evans did you it, say that well chris evans is the son of jamie lee curtis and don johnson michael shannon uh michael shannon was yeah. the other brother he's great as kind of the unappreciated son who he always works really hard for dad but just never quite gets yeah dad's attention yeah uh they're bickering jamie lee curtis <laughs> and michael shannon and uh, Tony Collette, yeah, was just oh man, Tony Collette was so funny. <laughs> that opening scene where, where she's first introduced and they're at the the dinner, the yep. party, and she's dancing and trying to get <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis to stand up to dance with her, I was cracking yep. up. Yeah, uh, and there's just there's so much tucked in this movie just with character alone. Um, I love uh, Michael Shannon's son is clearly this junior white supremacist. (laughs) He looks like a little Hitler without the mustache. (laughs) They even comment on it. Yeah. Uh, And I love those moments where part of this family is super right and part of this family is super left. And by no means does the movie get political. I think there's a little bit of a political undertone to this. There's an undertone, but they don't sit there and it's not a message film. Yeah. Uh, They have fun with it. And uh, they definitely comment on on things, but I I thought it was very well done. It was smartly done. Yeah. Um, now, what did you think of without talking about exactly what happened? Uh, but did you think it was too convoluted at the end? Did you think it was the right kind of convoluted? I think these it, things are always convoluted. I think it was the perfect amount okay. of convoluted. I wanted it to be. I was totally hoping that there would be this grand scene at the end where the detective is revealing yep. what he's pieced together throughout yep. the um, course of this investigation. Mm-hmm. And it was the perfect amount of convoluted because it. <laughs> I loved all the twists of it. Mm-hmm. And once you – it's the perfect thing for a detective film where I, you – 
figure you think you figured out what's happening and then the next scene reveals like oh the, i gotta think about this differently now and so i just love the that there's this big convoluted reveal at the end that oh you do know what happened but it's actually slightly off from what actually happened and i'm going to tell you and reveal the grand scheme well and just like particularly with with brick and looper uh, there, there are mystery elements to that. Yeah. And this was very tightly written. Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't a wasted scene. No. There's not a, oh, you could cut this out or this no, out. No, no, not at all. And by the time the detective's doing the big reveal, you have watched all of these characters lie to him and lie to each other. Yeah. And so it, it was, they're such, such an awful family. <laughs> It was it was this great sense of uh, comeuppance where it's just like yeah you get yours and you get yours. Uh, there were a couple scenes like that. Yeah, the will reading was a great. Oh scene. yeah, I love that. Chris Evans just sitting in the back, <laughs> just smug and the smug, smug face. and smiling. Um, yeah, that was great. And and yeah, it was it was convoluted, but it wasn't confusing. No, and I thought it was laid out in a, a really entertaining way for sure. Uh, and at first. I really thought uh, it was ridiculous that uh, the main character is her name. Marta. Marta. Yeah. I thought it was ridiculous that she gets sick when she lies. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but within, I, I think the first time they actually play through on it and yeah. they keep going through with it. Yeah. It just, it was wonderful. Yeah. I It made me laugh every time. And I love the twists where she would... Um, be lying and then she would hold it in and then yeah. it would come in come out later because she's yeah. desperately trying to not show her cards yeah. um i think one of the things that took me a minute to kind of sink into and um get a grasp of what was happening was that okay this is marta's story because yeah. i i just was totally thinking it was just going to be about this family mm-hmm. and then once you're realizing that she's oh she's our uh, our hero in the story that yeah. that took me a minute and once i kind of clicked into okay we're following her and how she ties into what happens i was on board for sure and and i usually don't rewatch a who done it i'm actually looking forward to watching oh, yeah, this me one too. again just because without trying to figure everything out as it goes i think it'll be so much more fun just to watch them yeah I think there's just so much fun stuff happening that even without the mystery, even though it's a definitely a mystery film, everyone is just so locked into the roles they're playing yeah. that they're, it's so much fun to watch them. And they're having a blast. Yeah, everyone's I mean, having a that's blast. That's important to me in a movie like this. And they're having so much fun. Yeah. And I don't know how much of it was scripted versus how much of it was improv, but there's little touches uh, when Marta and um, Chris Evans' character are in the car and she first takes off. He's like, whoa, slow down, baby driver. And just Oh, that was scripted for sure. I I imagine it was. Especially with how Ryan Johnson works. I think a majority of it was scripted. But it feels improvised. It feels spontaneous. And... That's something, it, this is by far not the first movie, Brothers Bloom, uh, he does that all the time. Oh, yeah. And that's a very tightly scripted movie, but it, it feels almost like an improvisation. Well, that's good writing. With a lot of, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It when you can like make it feel natural. Yes. And it, it, that's when you know that not only have you written it well, but you've done your casting well. And uh, that was this movie. It just, it all came together. And visually, I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun just yeah. to look at and watch. And 
the way you would, uh, old trick, but you would hear the character continue talking and they're saying one thing, but you're watching the scene play out when it would flash back and it's something completely different than what they're saying right. to the detective. Yeah, it's seen from a different angle. Um, so much fun. I think one, one of the things that kept stealing my eye and I couldn't get over was the giant wall of knives. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know how I feel about the giant wall of knives. Still. Did you catch that that's because that was his most famous book? Oh, no. I so he has see props that. all through the house oh, okay. that go along with the different books. I'd seen a couple, but I just didn't place that that was a, Yeah, the one novel that book. they keep referencing yeah. is about uh, – it has it involves oh, okay. all of these knives. And so that's why he has this elaborate sculpture of knives in his office because that was the book that made him. Oh, okay. And um, I didn't pick up that first. I yeah. think it was about halfway through. Because even in the trailers, I remember like that's a little on the nose. I know, and that's kind of turned me off to not be very excited about it. Even yeah. though I was like, "Oh, this I love Ryan Johnson," but that's silly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I forgive it. I, yeah. yeah. Well, and when you watch it the second time, that's every time it does a close up. Did you see it again? Weird. No. Oh. But just every time it does a close up of of something weird in the yeah. room, I started to figure out, oh, that's because that's one of his books. I picked up on a couple, um, like I said, yeah. but I must just not piece that in there. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, I loved it. Can't wait to see yeah. it again. Um, it just, it was a blast. I think this will, um, <laughs> I think we need to talk about some movie etiquette at the end of this because of this film though. I agree. Because and, and this really was a little uh, <laughs> troubling. It could have been a better movie experience yeah. for us. Uh, were it not for, there was an, it an was... older woman sitting behind us <sighs> with a, a large group of people. There were probably seven or eight of them. And she would talk and react to the movie at full volume, yeah, at movie volume. And the better end of it, which was still obnoxious, was when she was just like, mm, mm-hmm, mm, oh, oh, ah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like, okay, calm down. But then other times she would try to predict what the line yeah. was. Or she would say things out loud, like, oh, the knife. There were a couple of people behind me doing it, too. So it was just like in surround sound. And, yeah, it's like when you're, yeah, when you start trying to predict it and it's this mystery, especially towards the end, that that was the most irritating. Last 20 minutes of the movie, she would not shut up. No. Every time the detective would say something, she would have a verbal reaction to it. Yeah. And especially when you're trying to take in all the information, you're, because it's, it's a dense section of the film yes. where it, the detective's revealing exactly what happened. And there's this woman just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the whole way through it. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. No, you didn't. <laughs> You're lying. But yeah, let's, uh, after after we finish up reviews, we're definitely going to loop back around. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of looper. And... <laughs> Professional points taken away for that. No, really? Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to loop back. and You can uh, have back. And we'll definitely talk about <laughs> movie etiquette because, man, theaters, maybe I'm just an old man here. No. The theater experience has worsened as... Uh, as it's always been there. It's just it's continues. It's always been there. It just, man, it feels really prevalent now. Yeah. I don't know. Especially at that theater. Yeah, it's, and it's it's a theater at the mall. Usually, we go to a, a theater that that has VIP like an independent, seats, and you know they're yeah. a little further apart, a little independent theater. Uh, that's that's a much better experience. This is full blown regal cinema, <laughs> and uh, man, 
it was it was rough at times. Yeah. And that really irritates me, not just from the distraction, but just from the I I paid good money to experience this movie. It's a movie I'm enjoying. You're taking my enjoyment away. Yeah. That's I, I think we had talked about that before where you'd asked me about it, watching seeing a film in the theater and do I f- feel like when it's bad film like I've been ripped off and I want my money back. Right. I never feel bad about if a movie's bad, like I want my money back. But if somebody is doing something like that, that's when I feel like, man, I really wasted my money and I am upset. Down to the right of us was another old woman uh, that just came in and sat right next to my wife, which is okay. But she was at least quiet. Yeah. Uh, She kept turning around and I thought we were going to have an old lady fight. (laughs) I really did. Oh, man. She was clearly on Team Clinton Ken. Yeah. Because uh, every time she turned around, I thought she was going to start spitting blood at this other woman. But she at never first, did. I had thought that the woman sitting beside Rachel mm-hmm. was the woman doing that. Oh, and I was okay. like, "Oh man, Rachel must be no. really pissed right now." No, wasn't that? <laughs> but oof. anyway, yeah, we'll we'll talk about movie etiquette. But enough of that. Even with that awful movie experience, the movie itself was great. Yeah. And that's got to say something about a film when it can overpower it really a situation like that. And you still enjoy it. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. So forget the Irishman. Go spend time with Knives Out. Yeah. Third film mm-hmm. uh, is a little animated film, a French film. Yep. Uh, that we watched on Netflix called I Lost My Body. And you could not have a simpler plot. Yep. Uh, the movie opens with a uh, dismembered hand mm-hmm. laying on the floor. You have no idea whose hand it is. You don't know how this hand got cut off. It's a pretty clean cut. Uh, but this hand, for whatever reason, comes to life and just starts uh, crawling around and crossing the city trying to find its owner. Yep. And that's it. That's the premise of the film. Clint, what would you think about I Lost My Body? I love this movie. <sighs> this is one of my top movies of the year. For really? Sure. I've oh. watched it twice. Really? Because I really loved it. Okay. I'm a big an- uh, animation fan, especially there's been a couple of French animation films that I've seen in the past couple of years that I've really loved. And the I, style of this animation was great. Oh, it, it was, was simple, fantastic. But it was, it was very effective yeah. and conveyed a lot, especially uh, once you get to, to some of the characters in flashback and whatnot. Yeah. Just in their faces, it's very expressive. Yeah. Uh, even the hand it, it was had, very expressive. For sure. Like, they put a lot of work into giving that hand personality yeah. and the full like range of motion to like it's walking around, it's sitting down, it's contemplative, it's When it sat sad next to the water. Yeah. They put two fingers in the water, just like somebody sitting at the edge of a pool kicking yeah. their legs. Uh, little human qualities uh-huh. like that to the hand. Yeah. So, so what was it about this that elevated it to, this is one of my favorite movies this year? There's you. just this undercurrent of melancholy to it. And that just really yanked at my heartstrings. And there, the music was fantastic. Um, and I love a, a story that is so simplistic, but says a lot. And it says a lot about just the journey of this man who loses his hand, this young man, probably early 20s, and his struggles in life. And the um, just about loss and about moving on and about just heartbreak. And there's just so much undercurrent that um, is saying a lot, even though it's a very simple tale. Yeah. I, I really like 
the kid, the young yeah, man. Me too. Uh, I liked all the I characters. Totally. That scene of him talking to who would become this woman he yeah, falls the intercom. in love with over the intercom while he's trying to deliver pizza. That was one of the the sweetest scenes. Yeah, I, I love that, and you can just watch their rapport build and their relationship start to take form. Yeah. And, uh, over an intercom, yeah, and all you can hear at that, or all you know about her at that point is her voice. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I just, I really enjoyed all of that. Yeah, and I just kind of, lo- I love the like dream logic to it almost mm-hmm. with this hand where it's you don't really have to make sense of why this is happening, yeah. or I think there's just this, it's just uh, a kind of a metaphor for mm-hmm. loss and for trying to move on, and there's a lot of tempting a fate to try to recourse your life in this different way. And when the hand is going through similar things that you would imagine that the boy went through yeah. when he lost his parents or different things like that, mm-hmm. it's remembering happier times. And yeah. I love those moments where the hand's sitting there and it's sad and then it flashes to a memory from the hand's perspective yeah. of playing on the beach or swinging. And it was almost, for me, it was the sense of, Oh, the hands remembering when it had purpose. Right. And now it feels purposeless. It feels like it, it doesn't know what it is without its owner. Right. And the, um, and he's going through the same thing mm-hmm. where like he lost his family and he doesn't know where his place is in the world and he's living with his uncle. I think it's his uncle and his cousin. Yeah. And he doesn't know where to go in life. And he's nothing like them. No. He feels like a complete yeah. uh, misfit or outcast. Yeah. Until we meet like meets this girl and he thinks it's kind of opens up his world and his uh, eyes to there could be something good in the world. And I totally like felt for him and I almost saw myself in him because I feel like at that age I did stuff like that. Like I was stupid romantic where almost you're stalkery and you don't realize you're doing it. Well, he does these grand romantic yeah. gestures and they are genuinely sweet. Yeah, but, but from the her perspective, her perspective, yeah, and they, they show that so well yeah. where you're like, yeah, this is not, it's a little creepy coming from seeing it at yeah. that angle, even though he has the best intentions, he's harmless, yeah. but he he's just trying to kind of reach out and um, reach out. Oh, oh. <laughs> but uh, I don't he, have the corner he doesn't... all the puns. There you go. What is that? That wasn't a pun. <laughs> I just said I don't have the corner on puns. Oh, uh, but he doesn't really know how to do it in a kind of normal way. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I said, I th- I loved the music. I thought it really propelled all of the emotion that was. I enjoyed show. this movie so much. I started to get worried as to how it was going to end. That's how yeah. much I was enjoying it. I was just like, oh, please stick the landing. Yeah. I, uh, don't explain it. Don't give me any supernatural or anything. No. Don't tell me why the hand is able to this or that. Don't somehow have a moment of refusing to the kid, uh, to his wrist. Like, yeah. Don't, please don't be yeah. a movie that tries to make sense. And I love that scene where the hand reaches him and is in the bed and it lays down beside him and you think maybe they're going to do something like yeah. that. And then the boy turns over and it's in the hands just there. And it's uh, the whole motion of that was so well animated and heartbreaking that I just, I, I keep saying I just loved it, but I did. And just the suspense of that final moment with the tape recorder yeah. playing. Like, did he commit like, suicide? Happened? Is is he dead? Did he die? Yeah. Is this... Uh, and the hands kind of cowering and listening to yeah. the girls listening and um, 
And and just to end on a no, he just he did something like he had commented on earlier, unexpected. Yeah, to kind of get out of his right and his laugh. Yeah, just oh, it was great. Yeah, like I'm alive. Yeah, like that was a feeling of being alive and possibly for the first time. Yeah, I've lost my parents. I've lost my hand, but it it doesn't define who I am. Right. At least in that moment. Yeah. And I love that that's where it ends. And you have no idea if they reconnect. You have no idea if they're a couple. You have no idea if... Where he went. Like, I love that ambiguous... Like, I like to imagine where he went after that. Like, he's just wandering the city happy or, like, in this new state of mind where anything could be possible. And I'm free of um, what I came from and... Yeah. I'm, I have this separation from my hand and like, this is not going to define who I am. And, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I highly, I, highly recommend yeah. this. One. I wasn't quite sure if you like, especially from our texts, how you felt about it. Cause like you said, sometimes you, I can't really gather what you're thinking about it, especially you were saying like, Oh, and whatever that film was called on Netflix lately. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, Ken might not have liked that because he didn't even want to like try to remember the title. <laughs> no, I just, I liked it so much. I didn't want to, to bungle the title because uh, okay. I really liked the movie and <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want to disrespect it by saying like yeah. uh, the hand without a body I don't yeah, know yeah. now did you listen to it uh, did you watch it in French did you watch it with the, the first English time dub? I did it with the subtitles and the second time I did it with the dub mm-hmm. and um, I, w- I had recently was listening to a podcast and they were going through all of Miyazaki's films mm-hmm. and they were really hammering home how awful I I've only ever watched the Miyazaki films with the the um, dubs okay and they were just going on about how awful the dubs are and I had never thought about it before mm-hmm. and um so I was like I'm going to watch this one without the dubs to see what the how I feel about it and uh so then the second time I was like oh I'll watch with the dubs and see how well they did and I I thought the dubs were really well good actually I watched it I watched it with the dub I thought it was really well done I didn't have an issue with it the voice actors were really well cast yeah um with the Miyazaki films I know one of the big um controversies is that not so much at least as I've understood not so much that the actors are doing a poor job, but that the actual translation. Yeah, that's what they were off. talking about, and uh, doesn't convey the full meaning of the original. Yeah, and they were saying how some of the actors are bad, but I just I've never seen it that way. And I, and if there's, I am so tied to the visuals of those films that yeah. I just, if a little things off, it doesn't. And I, think I the I, only thing that's ever stood out to me, Liam Neeson and Ponyo. Yeah, sounds he does not. Yeah connect to that character right uh, as the as the visual is yeah and, and i always think like i, I don't know about that one yeah. but other than that I yeah really... i think yeah like i said i was uh, so want to just pay attention to the visuals i just never think to put the yeah. subtitles on because i just like i don't want to read right now i just love the beauty of his animation so, so knives it. out and i lost my body yeah those are the two yeah the irishman save three and a half hours of your life maybe unless you really love gangster films yeah all right. You ready to talk some movie etiquette? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be ridiculous. But... That, that's fine. That's fine. You want to trade off and go one for one? Sure. We might have some overlap here. Yeah. I'm pretty sure a lot of ours are going to come down to the noises you make within the theater. <laughs> 
I've divided mine into different categories, but most of them tie back to... The way I'm stating mine is almost like a Ten Commandments. (laughs) Not not intentionally, like I was trying to write the Ten Commandments. Let's not take turns then. Let me hear yours and then I'll give you mine. I think think yours might be more amusing because you tend to get much more (laughs) angry about these things than I do. Well, okay, this is no in particular order. Uh, My first one was no children under 10 and no elderly over 75. (laughs) You ageist. I'm so, I'm very much an ageist. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you want to give another one? Sure. <laughs> to buy and operate popcorn, you should have to have a, a hearing test. <laughs> and my main reason, and this is very cruel and does not mean any disrespect, but I saw The Quiet Place and it was in one where they had, um, it was with a subtitles for people who are hearing impaired Mm -hmm. and i was directly and i didn't think about this going into the film but i was directly beside a deaf couple and they got popcorn and they also got a plastic tray that would like notches would come in and so the wife would pour popcorn into the tray for the husband and so he'd be grabbing into this plastic tray not knowing how loud he is right and it's just crinkling of plastic and shoving of popcorn and then the pouring of popcorn to fill up the tray again. <laughs> and it was just for like 25 minutes in the quiet place, which is dead silent film yep. where silence is the point of it. So that's my story and <laughs> why I came up with that one. Right. I mean, no disrespect. No, 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 not at all. But they're not listening. <laughs> Ages, and you, uh, you have something against deaf people. What's yeah. your next one? Okay. <laughs> you aren't funnier than what's happening on the screen. I don't want to hear your jokes. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, many times, so many times that's happened. I, when we went to see Endgame, and it happened in three times when I went to see that when they kill Thanos at the beginning. Uh, every time somebody quips, like, ah, see, you went for the head. And then Thor says it, but Thor, or whoever says it, says it very sadly. Right. Uh, like, uh, you know, it's it's, it's this, this drama moment, but everybody else is like, ha, 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 I got to it first. <laughs> like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate when people try uh, to be funny. It's the worst. Yeah, all right. Um... <laughs> I am also witnessing what is happening on the screen. I don't need your commentary. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. This one is kind of in reaction to what happened to Rachel. Um, there are only two reasons you are sitting by me. I know you or the theater is full. <laughs> <laughs> and our theater was not no, full. There was plenty, plenty of, of spots. I told Rachel later, maybe this woman lost her husband. And these were the two seats that she always came and sat yeah. in with her husband. And so she came in, here are these just other people. But, you know, she's a romantic and she's remembering her husband. So she she took the seat she always took. Rachel was like, that's definitely not what happened. Did she ever, like, lean over to Rachel? was like, that was good, wasn't it, Jim? <laughs> no. She's completely silent. He needs soda. Which, honestly, if you do have to come in and sit right next to somebody, say something to them. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, I, do you mind if I sit, sit, mind here? If I sit here? Yeah. And, or, oh, it's full theater, isn't it? Actually, oh, no. Man. Move down one. <laughs> Crazy person. You're insane. Um, okay, this is my last one, and okay. this is um, a specific person in my life. Ooh. <laughs> Don't tell me to pause the movie. 
I can hear it, she'll say, <laughs> from the kitchen. <laughs> no, visual movies are a visual art form. <laughs> We're not listening to Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> Rachel and Levi do the exact same thing. They'll yeah. walk out of the room to get a drink or something. Like, you don't have to pause it. Yes, I do. Yeah. I am preserving the experience yeah. for you. <laughs> I'm not going to explain what you missed while you were out of the room. <laughs> so that was for Jenny. She's constantly just like, yeah, you don't have to pause it. Uh-huh. I'm like, but I'm not going to tell you what you missed. It infuriates me. I always hate when somebody gets up in the middle of uh, the theater, walks out because they got to use the bathroom. Yeah. They come back and the first thing they do is like, did I miss anything? Of course you did. You're about to because yeah. I'm not telling you. <laughs> Stop pulling me out of the movie. I went to the bathroom before I came in yeah. here. I'm a responsible adult. I am. Taking control of my bladder. All right. So read back through yours. Just okay. I like it. No children under 10 or elderly over 75. (laughs) To buy and operate popcorn, you have to pass a hearing test. You aren't funnier than the movie. I'm also witnessing what's happening on the screen. There are only two reasons you're sitting beside me. I know you or the theater is full. (laughs) Don't tell me to pause the film, Jenny. (laughs) Man, way to get personal, Clint. Jeez. All right, here's mine. Uh, Number one, much like yours, shut it. (laughs) I don't want to hear you. I don't need to hear you. If it's a comedy and we're all laughing together, okay. Yeah. Uh, But then don't follow that up with any comments. Uh, Just shut it. (laughs) Shut it. Knives Out, my favorite shut it moment, or least favorite shut it moment, uh, was there's a shot of... Uh, one of the characters standing there and they have blood on their shoe. Yeah. And the woman behind us goes, there's blood on the shoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. I'm aware. I'm also witnessing White what's shoes, happening on the screen. Giant red spot. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So shut it. Uh, the second one is you did not direct this film, so I'm not interested <laughs> in your commentary, <laughs> which is similar to yours, but it's, it's the running mouth of, yeah. Oh, and here's what's happening. And did you know this? And did you know that? And I saw this and, Oh, she's doing this now. Yeah. Oh, awful. That plays into elderly over 75 because yes. it's a lot of elderly yes. people yes. doing that. Uh, my third one is they tell you to turn off your cell phone, not just for the ringer, but also the giant flashlight that <laughs> oh, is your screen. Yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, one. Drives me nuts because yeah. some people think, well, my ringer's off. What's the problem? The problem is we're sitting in a dark theater. I'm looking at the, the source of light. It's the image I'm supposed to be looking at. I don't need to see your source of light pop up. Yeah. And oh, it just drives me crazy. We, I had a guy. I think I was probably with you. We were at the other theater and in those comfy chairs. And there's a guy with his son. I can't remember what we were seeing, but yeah, he just would randomly yeah. pick up his phone. And I, I leaned over and I was like, "Can you please put your phone away?" And he looks at me like I'm the fool. <laughs> I'm not the fool here. You're the fool. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, number four. <laughs> if the movie experience is bad and I want a refund. The theater should charge the person who has ruined my experience. Oh, that's a good rule. Yeah. Yeah. Man, uh, they should put that on a sign walking in. Seriously. Yeah. If I go out and I have to identify you as the problem, uh, you should have to pay for my experience. I like that. Drives me nuts. Uh, side note, I kind of miss, I know this has never been in my lifetime, but way back in the day, there was there was always a theater attendant. There was a person that was in the theater and their job was just to make sure everything was going the way it should be going. Yeah. Uh, and 
I appreciate that. If I had an independent theater, I would have somebody stationed in every theater. And like your job is if somebody is talking, if somebody's throwing their food, if somebody's doing this or that, uh, shine a flashlight in their face and kick them out. Right. Done. Do it. Do it. <laughs> um, I had two that kind of overlap yours. Uh, no kids in R-rated movies. Nothing drives yeah. me. Ugh. Like not just the distraction of it, but I sit there and I worry. Me too. For that little yeah. seven-year-old that somebody's brought into the middle of a horror movie. I'm I sitting know. there thinking like, oh, this poor kid. Yeah, and like these parents are irresponsible. Terrible parents. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is, uh, similar to like the, uh, the boxes where you pick up the 3d glasses and you can deposit it yeah. at the end, yeah. uh, should be a, a tower stand of elderly muzzles. <laughs> <laughs> you strap it on grandma. Yeah. She yeah. watches the movie. Maybe you get a little, <laughs> yeah. And then you just deposit it at the end. They wash them and put them back out for the next 80 year old. There's like a little hole for a straw mm-hmm. to go through. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, maybe you can pull it back and shove some popcorn down in. Here you go, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> um, big thing is just that that was my final rule, self-awareness. Yeah. Just be aware. Be yeah. aware of the people around you. Be aware of the noise. Just uh, people with no self-awareness. And it doesn't have to be in the theater. Uh, it just drives me nuts. You can yeah. be at a restaurant and just somebody talking very loud or screaming. We went to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings the other night and football was on. I get it. People go there late at night to watch football. This podcast brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh-ho. Get your wings. <laughs> Get your wings. That's their, yeah. That's, I didn't write it. No. That's the copy I have. Yeah. Yeah. We get. Get them wings. It's <laughs> a different slogan. It's their Tuesday slogan. Eat them wings. Eat them wings. Get them wings. <laughs> Dip them wings. Dip them wings. <laughs> Uh, but this guy at Buffalo Wild Wings just screaming at the top of his lungs at every play. And just like, I get it. You're enjoying the football game. Yeah. Some of us are just here to eat. Yeah. And are not a part of your fan experience. I've only been there once and the whole <sighs> situation was like that. And I was like, I'm never coming back. If I have to yell to speak to the people I'm with, I'm not into it. Yeah. That's that's my theater etiquette. The only other thing is more towards theaters than people. And that's uh, theaters... I like my popcorn salty. It's okay if you don't put salt on it, but give me salt packets. Yeah. That little indie theater I love, that I love to go to that we have. Yeah. They don't have salt packets. They have salt shakers, but that only gets you the top of the popcorn. You gotta give it a little shake. Midway down through the bag. I do that. I do it every time. But when you get down through the bag, it's not salty anymore. <sighs> I need my salt packets. I'm gonna go to the mall, steal salt packets, bring them to the other theater. Salt my popcorn. You could buy salt packets and not steal them. I'm already paying for my movie ticket. I'm already paying for my popcorn. So you're going to go to the one theater and steal salt packets to take to the other theater? Yeah, I'll be like, I I forgot my jacket. And I'll run in and I'll fill my jacket up with (laughs) salt packets. And I'll be like, thanks. Is this another kin life hack here? No, I don't think this one would work. No. No. Canceling your check card, that definitely works. That's pure insanity. It's not. It's genius. No. It's genius. You, yeah. Okay. Genius. <laughs> uh, you know, and another thing, uh, headphones are advanced to the point. Little surround sound headphones and all that. Give me a theater where every seat just has a really good pair of headphones, like over the ear headphones. I'd, I'd wear, I'd wear noise canceling headphones and listen to my movie through that. Like if they were provided by the theater. Yeah. Provided. You by would the put theater. headphones on that like a bunch of other sweaty people just. Well, not wore. now. <laughs> 
haven't I thought this through. I don't that, think I want to do that. I don't either. That's you bring awful. your own headphones. What idiot would ever think of that? Man's crust gross table. I do enjoy good surround sound experience though, so yeah. I probably wouldn't wear them anyway. I like well, I think that was something with knives out. I feel like the volume was really low. It didn't you know, seem the like theater does that a lot. Yeah. Leitersburg. Uh, I wonder if there's the some D&D noise ordinance or something. Because I like when it's like really loud. Yeah, I don't like it ear piercing, but I do like uh, when it's when it's much more immersive. Yeah, I don't want to feel like I'm watching TV. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm paying night. for something here. Yeah, give me give me that experience. Yeah, give me that experience. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, and don't ruin my experience, or you'll pay for my experience, old woman. Yeah. Here's your put your muscle on. <laughs> Elderly muzzles. <laughs> well, know. man, maybe we can sell that. My brother and I. There you go. My brother and I wanted to start a company called <laughs> Granny Jerseys. Because have you ever, I have this thing where we would go to the grocery store and I'd be like, is that my grandmother? Because they, they just look alike at certain age, <laughs> gray hair. And you'd walk up, you're almost about to like give her a hug. You're like, nope, that's not my grandma. That's not my grandma. Oh, and you need a jersey that says like Myers on the back or Kamarowski, which is my... I've never been in a store and wondered, is that my grandma? <laughs> I think other people probably have. All right. I think it would be you a big be seller. might be on this one. I'm not sure. <laughs> granny jerseys and granny muzzles. Okay. All right. This podcast <laughs> brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings and granny muzzles. <laughs> <laughs> and granny jerseys. <laughs> granny jerseys. Man, where to granny get the big bucks? Com. <laughs> Nobody steal that idea, please. No, please steal that idea and then pay Clint. Uh, we'll be partners. 20%. If you, yeah, if you make the granny jersey, I'll go in. There you go. All right. This is a good episode. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. And we came up with a, a new lot of good ideas. Idea. Yeah. So, all right. I'm all about it. <laughs> this has been Cinebabble Episode 7. Thanks for listening, kids. Goodbye.